Dave, give me your best, uh, your best, uh, kill impression, Mr. Texan. Oh, man. So that's funny that you asked because I own a propane company. He does own a propane yes. company. <laughs> yes, I do. Right. Well, my family does. And so I'm technically Bobby Hill. Uh, oh, so no, my no. favorite line from Hank Hill is, uh, Bobby, if you weren't my son, I'd hug you. <laughs> that's so Texas, isn't it? <laughs> Mine is great. Oh. Dale, that's a feel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey. it's my life. I get I get called Bobby or Hank on a daily basis. So. Oh no, I'm sorry. Hey everybody, welcome to lap 19 of the Lap Zero podcast. Um, my name's David. I'm joined by a bunch of really cool dudes. There's a lot of us this time. Uh, we're joined by um, a personality I only know as Caboose. <laughs> Do you mind uh, introducing yourself a little bit, man? Hi, uh, my name is Steven. Friends call me Caboose and... Uh, I'm a sim driver. I, I'm starting to pick up my IRL racing career. And uh, yeah, man, I just like to have a good time. And somehow you guys ended up on my race car on uh, on Thursday nights. I don't know how that happened. That's killer. And a, and a fan of the podcast, right? Uh, I wouldn't say a big fan, but a fan <laughs> in the list. Nah. Okay, we'll nah, take you it. Guys, you guys are fun, and well, I, say, I appreciate everything you guys do. So <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we're we're... Real happy to have you. You're going to be joining us for the whole episode. So if you hear a voice you don't recognize, chime in. Um, Someone that's our help man. call 911. Yeah, right. We've been hacked. Uh, but yeah, we got a good episode for you. A lot of good ra- racing this weekend. Um, have some uh, sim racing talk, some in real racing talk. Uh, Le Mans coming up. So we're going to cover that at the end of the episode. Uh, but as always, I think maybe we should kick it off with a little bit of NASCAR. Um at the 24 hours of gateway Antonio, <laughs> uh, you don't have to, uh, go too in depth cause we know that you were a very busy man this weekend, but, um, did you get any highlights from the race? Uh, I mean, if, if I have to spoil it for you, friggin Kyle friggin Bush. Kyle the race. Friggin Bush. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I saw like some, I saw the highlights. I didn't get around to watching the entire race. Uh, it did go on rain delay and stuff like that. I know there was all that going on, but I was pretty busy this weekend. But uh, I know you boy, Kyle Bush, did pretty good. My boy Ryan Blaney is now the new points leader. Congrats. Um, yeah. I did hear that there, I, I did hear and see in the highlights that there was constant problems with the, or not constant, but there was like, what was it, three problems with the brake rotors? Four. Like, guys breaking rotors, I guess? Yeah, uh, it was really bad. It was. It happened a lot. I mean, I haven't yeah, seen brake failure like that since Pocono with the Gen 6 car. It, it it wasn't near as bad, but it almost reminded me of that time that they repaved at Indy and NASCAR went there and they kept blowing right rears like every mm. 10 laps or whatever. I mean, it was just kind of like that same, like, there's no control and you don't know who's next. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely sketchy for sure. I know it was, uh, I mean, we're going to see these kind of problems with, with a new car still. I mean, it's it's still new at the end of the day. I know it's year two, but uh, it affected I know a lot more, of people- Didn't it affect more Toyotas than anything? Uh, I know. I think it was two, Chevrolets. Yeah, I know it was three two Chevrolets. 2023-11s got taken out from it. Yeah, Bubba so, Wallace and his teammate did. Yeah, and then the first car to go out, and it was the first Chevrolet, was uh, Carson Hosevar taking over Corey LaJoy's ride in the 7. And he was doing good. He was up in like 17th. Yeah, he was. And, uh, and then what was the other Chevy that had an issue? Gregson. Nor Gregson. Gregson. And that was a hard hit, man. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah, his like, car was destroyed. 
Reddick mm-hmm. got to put it up in the wall and kind of protect himself. And you saw Bubba do that too, like a couple driver. And I think Carson did that too. And the wall took the wall out of one took so much damage that they had to repair it. Like, mm-hmm. like someone had to come out and weld the wall because all the failures were in the same spot and all the drivers were putting their car in the wall to slow themselves down. And Noah did not manage to do that. He put it in the infield to try to slow it down. And that did not work, man. That was a really tough hit. Mm-hmm. Um, he was visibly shaken up after the race. Yeah, sometimes you just got to stop wheeling it and just brace. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I mean, it was a. I thought it was a pretty good race if you took out the long delays. Um, race got going, and then we had a lightning delay that was, gosh, I don't know, it was almost an hour. It was long. It, yeah, and, uh, and there was also a technical difficulty. The uh, internet or something like that went out around the track. Perfect. Yeah. And imagine all your scoring is stuff going down. You're just like, oh my, like, mm-hmm. imagine can, being can, a crucif right, right then and there. <laughs> can I ask a question? No. What, what is worldwide technology? An IT company. And their internet went down. Yep. Yeah. During the race. I'm aware of the irony, yes. <laughs> isn't, that like the third, isn't this like the second or third race in a row that there's been some sort of weird problem like that at that track too? Uh, I don't know last, about at that track specifically. Last year, the <laughs> during the truck race, the lights went out. Yeah, that's what it was. I was going to say, I remember something happened like last year, too. That's funny. Well, they had there a way was... of making the shortest race of the season the longest race of the season. So uh, thanks for that. There well, was a team who did, from the internet loss, they had lost their internet, and at the end of the race, they were having to manually calculate their fuel number. Which makes it yeah. more exciting, in my opinion. Imagine if they Norm- all had to do that. Norman, they had to do that back in your day, too, didn't they? Yep. <laughs> they didn't have calculators back then. <laughs> yeah, they just had in there really when it, was it was like this big wall machine that made all these ticking noises and you had to turn <laughs> these dials <laughs> they you got had to the change the, one, belts. Like, the math tw- the math test in grade 12 and they were like yeah man <laughs> sign me yeah. up yeah. did you change the oil on the calculator no oh, shucks <laughs> uh, we blew a gasket we're done get him a Gatorade alright are we good <laughs> anyways uh, so NASCAR's still using steel rotors um they talked about it a little bit, but I guess without saying too much about what they said, why don't why doesn't NASCAR use carbon rotors if we've seen them in all other series go carbon? Why not in NASCAR? It'd be just a cost saving measure, I'd imagine. I don't really know if it's necessary to have carbon. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what he was saying that is the most legitimate answer. The joke answer is tradition. We always use steel. Steel. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, we should switch over to carbon or at the very least allow uh, the teams to, to get their own brakes again just because we'll have less failures because they know how to build better brakes than a single manufacturer. Yeah, it seems like a good way to limit shrapnel too. When those things blow up, they were throwing steel pieces in the air pretty good. Oh, yeah, is... a couple of fans actually got hit with uh, with debris over the weekend. I'm like, ooh, nice. Yeah, that's scary, man. A lot of red flags, but like I said at the end of the race, uh, without taking away from you, Antonio, um, Mr. Kyle friggin' Bush. Is it, I guess he found his place at RCR because he's pretty dang strong. I know you said Blaney's the points leader, but I mean, Kyle Bush is always in the equation. I guess he's always been, but mm-hmm. third man, win. this year he's been good. Third win. Yeah. It was funny with a with a boring race. It's funny if you actually go look at the results. Like you see the good drivers, like that you normally would see at the front of the race, like at the front of the race. Like this, I'll read you the top ten, and you're gonna be like, yeah, that's like all people I would expect to be the top ten. 
You got Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Suarez, Byron, and McDowell, and Harvick. Now, McDowell, Byron, or McDowell and Suarez are kind of, Suarez has been good this year, but they're not like, you know, people I would traditionally think of. But I, w- I would look at it and be like, I feel like I'm looking at like the scoreboard like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. McDowell had a solid strategy though. He belonged up there. Yeah, yeah no, was... he's been he's been doing a lot better recently. I don't know. He's he's very he's very hot and cold. When he's hot though, he's he's doing pretty good. It's uh nice to see just, you know, other people at the front, I guess for sure. Yeah. Uh something happened with him and Ross Jane too. Ross Chastain too, didn't something happen? Mm-hmm. Yep. Them crazy three wide restarts. McDowell left just a, about three eighths of a lane or something like that to the bottom. Chastain just went, ah, mine. Which is as Chastain. As one does. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I was uh, going to say, fun times there for sure. I do want to point something out, though. Look at how well Kyle Busch is doing. I want you to take a look in the point standing where Austin Dillon is sitting. Hey, that's a gap. That is a gap between teammates. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more info on it right now, but uh, I don't know if you guys heard about the tire changer for the number 43 car um, getting injured, seriously injured on pit road. Oh yeah, airline popped off or something and just smacked him right in the freaking mouth. I think he like, I don't I think he had to get stitches or something too, but man powered through it and finished the uh, race. I did hear about that too. That was nuts. Uh, I think you're thinking of another one because the, I know one I heard was like taken away on a stretcher and mm-hmm. taken to the hospital. Um, That's the that one the I heard one? about. No. I swear I just heard about that happening to someone too. I gotta look this up. Hold on. It was a concussion protocol. I'm I'm trying to find there. They didn't talk much about it. He has been released from the hospital. Everything's all good. Um, but yeah, the race had some chaos too. Our favorite um ticker at the top of the thing had a lot of yellow on it. At the end of the race, you could barely even see the green between it. Oh yeah, it was chaotic. They got to mm-hmm. get rid of that thing, bro. I, I like <laughs> it. I just don't like it always being up there. It's it's kind of like interesting. I guess you can like tune in midway through and like see how the race is going. But yeah. I don't know. Nowadays, like the races aren't like really caution fests early because everybody knows like how it works. You know, you just kind of got to make it through the first two stages and then actually start racing each other. Yeah. So I don't know. I maybe maybe though, sure like Martinsville can give you a heads up if it's going to be shit or something. Yeah. And I will say I like having that because I can't always catch the race live. So at least this will give me good uh, good reference points of how far I need to rewind to kind of catch up with some of the action that's happened before I go live again. Yeah. I know, if only you could, like, predict what it was going to be, and then you could just, like, okay, this race is going to suck. Let me just turn it off. <laughs> well, we'll we'll be at uh, Sonoma next week. Yes. Love Sonoma. I think everyone does. Who do you guys does. got? It's a good the question. The guy who wins? Yeah, I mean, Larson's always pretty, pretty good at those damn tracks. Ross Chastain's going to be up there too. We already. I know was going to say, if you believe in the NASCAR storytelling, Ross Chastain is due to be back on the headlines. So I'm Isn't Reddick good someone... on the road courses too. That was actually who I was going to pick. He's pretty decent at the road courses. Are they going to let Almondinger come up and race? I don't know. He's, Will he go he's up a there Cup and race? Series driver. That's a bigger question. He's already a Cup Series driver. I'm going to uh, go out on a limb and say that. Uh, Rossi boy is probably going to get dumped. Somebody's going to pay him back this race. That's a no Yeah, one. man, we've been saying that for like a year and a half. I, I think it's going to happen, man. I'm getting that feeling. Insert photo of Tony Stewart on the tire wall. Yeah. 
Can we bring Boris Sed back for a race and have him race Sonoma? Dude, I will go and I will wear a Sed head. <laughs> a Sed head. <laughs> who, Just okay, to... <laughs> who is this Sed? Y'all need to elaborate. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Boris Sed? Well, come on, man. Do you really not know who this is? I no, know I really is. don't. <laughs> what? So he was like a road course ringer and he had like <laughs> an afro pretty much for a white dude. <laughs> Yep. And then, like everybody in the crowd would wear little, little uh, afro, little hair, and they were called set heads. Yep. And uh, <laughs> when, when, when did he race from? Tuning. He actually ended up tuning and setting up Dale Earnhardt's car at Watkins Glen at one point. Yeah. If that's anything. He was a ringer, so he'd just you know race for the highest bidder. I, I don't know if that's how that works, but just anybody who didn't really have a good road course package for drivers, then they would just get him, and yeah. he would do his thing. Tell you what, yeah, man, that, that dude's got stories. I would look up some some podcasts with that dude involved. He's he's got some pretty good stories, dude. His footwork, you know, they always go to the like foot cave inside the car going around a road course. He, he oh, was I've the first that. one okay. that I was like, oh my gosh, like he was always just constantly pedaling. <laughs> I've seen that. Definitely, have seen that video. It's good shit. Crazy haired yeah. dude dancing on the pedals. Definitely, have seen that. Good um, stuff. yeah, so he's still at- racing. Yeah, look it up, Antonio. He's a good dude. Hey, look it up. Youngin. Young boy. <laughs> Uneducated. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, NASCAR, we love you. See you at Sonoma. See you. Can't wait, can't wait to talk about you again. My home track, yeah. You've been great. Home track. It's only like, yeah, it's only like, I don't know. Let's see how, I'm going to see how far it is from my house, because it's the closest one. I know that. Now, they're in Portland this weekend. Yeah, but I mean, closest cup track. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Portland. I'm not going to lie, dude. I don't really like that track. I'm not, It kind of sucks. I'm not a fan. I don't like it for IndyCar. No. Uh, it's not It's not, It's not. not good, period. I ain't going to lie. No, it's not. All right, hold on. Let me tell you exactly how far it is. It is exactly... Now, I'm going to have to convert this to freedom units because I know you guys... Thank you. Don't even know what that is. <laughs> nah, don't do it. 1,481 kilometers. So hold on. Let's see what that is in, in freedom units. 920 miles. That's a lot of miles. Hey, it's doable though, okay? A lot of that miles. That is roughly three full tanks of gas for me. Wow. <laughs> three full tanks of gas? How much is that for me? That's too many questions. No, <laughs> like four. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We're jumping in too deep. We need to pull out here. Yeah, pull maybe up. five. <laughs> pull up. Um, All right, on to IndyCar. Yeah, I was going to say, Norman said the I word. They went around in circles, but like a bunch of different circles. It was a square, and I didn't really like it. It was a square with a bunch of little squares in it. It, And somebody just got a ruler and just went, this is it right here. Yeah, exactly. And somehow we had elevation change on it. Yeah, freaking the back stretch is a giant hill. You go uphill and then back downhill. I'm like, huh? Yeah. They had the concrete canyon, as they called it, the narrow part of the track. Yeah, and then you had what felt like a three-foot pothole, like entering turn one. You also had the bad bump coming into turn three on the end of the back stretch, where that's why everyone was diving in shallow and then jumping right back out to break because you had to dodge the hole or you would lock the brakes up. Mm-hmm. Just because you give stuff a cool name doesn't mean that it's cool. Yeah, that's how and I then, felt. Uh, Freaking all three series going into turn one, there was one car mounting another car. IndyCar, Indy Light, and the Michelin Pilot Sports. Yeah, did which, you guys see the Michelin Pilot Sport wreck? That was crazy. 
That yeah. looked like something out of iRacing because he just straight up monster trucked. I think it was a BMW monster trucking a Mercedes or an Aston yeah. Martin. One of the two. It was mounted. And then he drove yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Landed on the going. tire barrier and just drove on. Okay. Yeah, they both just I'm, drive away too. I was surprised they both drove away from that wreck. I was like, yeah, okay, BMW. I'm just putting down a bunch of oil and fluids. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I thought the... I, I thought that every series was apparent that the track was not great. Mm. And like the re they had problem with the restarts because the field would get so spread out. Both Indy Next and the IndyCar normal series had to do uh, the race start again because the field wasn't mm. close enough together. I just thought the whole the whole thing was kind of a wreck for me. Um, literally. Yeah. What happens usually, when Chevrolet pays a lot of money for that track that race to be moved? Right. I usually judge a race based on if my wife asks, is there going to be more wrecks or not? Or if she walks in the room and goes, another one? <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what this one was. Okay, like, another one? Like, yep. Yeah. Another one. So, on that note, should we move back to Belle Isle? We should move back so. to Belle Isle, but we should keep the blueprints for this for like non-points expedition races. I think that'd be fun. Like, can you imagine that track with like those stadium trophy trucks? Yeah, that would be okay. pretty that would be That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm down for anything with the stadium trophy trucks. I'm those sorry, I love cool. those things. <laughs> those things are so cool. His favorite driver is Cletus McCarkin. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, now, I think, yeah, I could have a place in racing series somewhere, but that was, that was like um, Long Beach, but like a fever, what I call it in our notes. <laughs> a feverish nightmare <laughs> yeah 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 that's, yes yeah that track would have been good for like the miatas the gr86s uh the trophy trucks the things miatas that don't require cool. a lot of grip or and or downforce i feel like that would have been more suitable yeah mx5 well, there would have been cool i think it showed you um coming out of the hairpin on the final restart they just played bumper cars or going Indie cars are going so slow they couldn't damage each other. They're just bouncing off each other. Yeah, freaking Colta heard uh, heard uh, he was missing half of a front wing for like fifteen laps. It's just that's ah, fine. There, an in Indy Lights driver ran the almost the whole race with a broken front wing. Mm -hmm. Never lost a position. You know what I did find interesting though is I noticed that every single driver. That wasn't in like the main IndyCar series. So like, you know, Indy Next, any other series, they were all complaining about the track. But you notice how the IndyCar drivers weren't? That was kind of weird. I wonder if they got like told, hey, we know this sucks, but just like, don't say anything. You know, Shut yeah. your just mouth. Motor through I, it. I, I did notice it though. Yeah. Cause let's be honest, it sucked. Like the track's garbage. I was, I, I watched an onboard of it too. And I was like, what? It looked like they're driving through an alleyway at one point. I was like, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I was just like, I was just like, what's going on? But no, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. I was like, huh? I was like, nobody else had anything good to say about it. But then these IndyCar car drivers, like, oh yeah, it was great, it was great. Oh, I was like, really? good time. Yeah, was like, yeah, bro. Yeah, you see another three mil, bro. Just keep talking, buddy. Keep talking. <laughs> yep. Anyways, no, it was, it was funny though. I was like, I was like, huh? That's interesting. We should have gotten more Kyle Bush. No, everything's fine. Everything's great. I think that great. I think that would have been better. Yeah. Hey, Kyle Bush should be there. Everything's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, Norman. Well, give us give us some more updates. Well, what what we'll, happened? We'll jump on to robbing your fun now. Oh. The Stingray Rob update. Who's this guy? 
<laughs> oh, you'll um, know him watching any car race. <laughs> what turn was it in? It was turn three, miss. He ran straight off the track into the runoff and stalled his car, pulling out a caution. Nice. Um, Love it. Then, yeah. Oh, only car to not even wreck, not even touch anything, just stalled out and up. You got to throw me a caution now. I forgot how to uh, drive, you guys. <laughs> Sorry. I think we can all agree. Let's get Levi in that car. <laughs> you don't want to see that either. <laughs> I think you'd hey. be just as fun to watch, and at least we can root you for you, you know? <laughs> Why don't we just put Josh Green in the car? I'm down with that. Yeah. Put me in the uh, car. I won't be. I won't fit in the car. I'll be sitting on the car, but put me in there, coach. I am the car. Yeah. But that wasn't the last we heard of Stingray Rob this race. No. The final caution on lap 92... Him and Ferrucci decide to get into who has the biggest balls competition into turn three. And they both miss the break zone and both go long and both stall their vehicles. Nice. Which which brought out our final caution, which I thought was great. Because um, at first you thought it was just Stingray Rob doing it for a second time. And then they finally show Ferrucci trying to outbreak him too and missing the breaking point. Yeah, the anti-stall seemed to be a problem a little bit. It's Maybe it's because the track was so crap that they were going so slow that everyone's car mm -hmm. was trying to go into anti-stall mode. Yeah. Just in that's the corner. That's what happened to Will Power when Dixon ran under him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. He, and that's when they turned into freaking bumper cars going through the freaking concrete canyon or whatever they called it. So I have a question. Y'all y'all are yeah. saying these cars do these cars do have anti-stall, right? To a point, and then they'll stall out. They'll help you okay. a little, but then they will stall. So it's not like the F1 cars where it's not really going to stall. I mean, we've seen F1 cars stall, but it's pretty rare, right? It just kind of takes your power away from your drive wheel, so you can't, like, go. But yeah, if you, yeah. like, literally, like, come all the way out of the throttle, it kills them. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't... So, yeah, I didn't... Be a good question for Josh. I don't know how it completely works, but you can stall them out, and they have to come out and crank you back up. Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to know because I've noticed like a lot recently. I I don't know if it's maybe just because I've been watching more often now than I used to, but I feel like I see cars stalling more often than they used to. I don't know if that's like changed or if that's just normal, and I just haven't noticed it before. I was curious if you guys knew anything about it. I got a more I got another technical question. If that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, so I don't really get why. Um, oh, who was it that didn't get their wheel on the rear wheel on real uh, tight? They didn't get it good. And award? It was a paddle award. Okay, he had a really rough day, didn't he? And then <laughs> so he took off, and it wouldn't go like it had no power. And they said since it wasn't on tight, he had an open diff, and it wasn't letting his car propel forward. How does that work? The axle spinning, but not spinning the wheel. Yeah, but why did it go open disc? Shouldn't it still be spinning the hub? Uh, no, it was just spinning that one side. It wasn't spinning the other side, so he had okay. no drive. I thought it, it was, was just the like, axle spinning. Yeah, I thought it was like something safety-wise. I was like, excuse me? What is going no, on? I, I guess the hub, like you said, like the hub's spinning, but it's not spinning the tire, and there's no resistance there. Gotcha, 10-4, okay. I didn't know if it was something that was built into the cars or what, because I was just like, I mean, NASCAR... 
they can go back out on track. You know what I mean? They can just take yeah. off. It doesn't affect the car at all, really. Your tires That's, off, bro. Just no. just run it on the rotor. Run it on the rotor here. It's okay, bro. We'll just change it out. <laughs> Three's good. Sure. Two's gonna explode out. anyway. What'd y'all think of double pit lane? Weird. No, it. I, it, I don't know. Not it, a vibe. It was, it was really weird. And then a couple of drivers actually missed their pit stall, if I recall correctly, because of it. I it, would. It was really. It really caused issues in qualifying. Uh, because. When they were released, they were releasing from both sides and all trying to funnel out to a one lane, and people are just cutting people off. No one knows who has the right of way. I mean, rules of the road, guy on the left goes first. Now, you'll have it to gets. excuse me because I, I watched the highlights for this as well. I didn't see the race. So, were they staggered or were they perfectly in line with each other? Like, you know what I mean? Looked like, like they were perfectly in line. Yeah. The, I was going to the, say, they should almost stagger them. That would make more sense. The thing that I liked about it, well, not liked about it, but the thing that I was happy that they did was the uh, simple fact they put the blue line down the middle. You know what I mean? When they were talking about double, uh, both sides being on pit lane, I didn't know they were going to have like a blue line in the middle. You you know what I mean? At least you had to stay within Yeah. Because if it was just chaos is what I thought it was going to be, I was like, uh, it's not going to be good. But they did have that blue line down the middle, so at least you knew the people wouldn't cross over, you know? Till the end of pit road. I like how Lee Diffie was trying to make it exciting. He's like, and this is where they go six cars to one. I was like, that's not good. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is not a good idea. <laughs> like, that's not good at all in any series. Six to one is, mm -mm. and it wasn't good. It Lee, was not good. I trust your judgment. Now, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Lee. I don't agree, Lee. Okay, so I got a question real quick. So, We've been ha we, we've noticed like within the schedules recently, whether it's been F1, IndyCar, NASCAR, we've noticed that everybody's bringing in street tracks. So I guess I have two questions in this scenario. One, why do we think they're bringing in these street tracks? Um, like what what do you think possibly make is making everyone want to go street track? Like you know they sound like they're a pain. They're temporary. You have to always set them up. You have to shut down city city roads. Like it sounds like the planning. You know, there's I feel like there's a lot more that goes into a street track or a temporary track than a regular track. And uh, I guess on top of that, my second question is, why do you think these, these tracks that are coming out suck? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like we've seen, like it, and as an example, this Detroit track, I, I didn't think it was that great. I mean, it's just, you know, we see tracks like Long Beach and we think they're awesome. I, I, I don't know. These, you know, this track had 90 degree corners. The other track had 90 degree corners. Long Beach has 90 degree corners. But for some reason, Long Beach is better. But why? You know what I mean? I, well, I guess what makes a track great to you guys too. I'm I'm curious what uh, your thoughts are on it. I can answer the second question, and this is my opinion, but I think it's more fat than anything. And that is, if you look at Detroit, you look at Nashville, they're using city um, structures to build the track around. So Nash Nashville, they cross the bridge. So now you got to build a track with the bridge that included, right? Uh, Chevrolet was the host of this Grand Prix in Detroit. So it had to go around the big Chevrolet building da in downtown along the river. So they had to build a track around that building. So Long Beach, it's been around so long. What's around it is historical because the track kind of helped it make itself. 
So the track was built to be a racetrack at first. These other ones, they're building a track around a symbol of the city. And that's why you get the freaking long straightaway over the bridge. Let's do a U-turn and come right back down the bridge for Nashville. We're going to go around some square and then we're going to go back across the bridge. And that's, that's my opinion. You know, Miami for F1. They're doing it around a football stadium. You know, Las Vegas. They built the track to go racing on the strip because it's it's iconic. And it's stop building the track around something that's iconic in the city and trying to build the track to use the use the what the city has to make a good racetrack, in my opinion. Yep. And then I can answer the first question on that one and put it simply is it, it brings in a lot of money for the city itself as an attraction from non-racing fans. So, for example, with the Chicago Street Course, you have downtown Chicago and the park, and they're going to have concerts there. So, from a non-racing fan, you're able to sit there and go, oh, hey, I, I'm going to go downtown Chicago. And then... From there, that sounds a lot more appealing to a general audience than going, oh, hey, I'm going to go to a racetrack to go to a concert, for example. And then on top of that, the local bars in downtown Chicago, they can upcharge their beers and that will, quote unquote, help the economy to what extent, you know, we'll see. But it, it, that that's kind of the appeal of the street course is that it, it, it brings in a wider eye to an audience because it doesn't have that stigma of like, oh, we're going to a racetrack. Uh and that, that that's kind of just how I see it and where I can see where the games are going to be coming from. No, I think that's that right. And and also, so racetracks and municipalities pay these racing series to come and race there. And it's a lot of money. Like for Formula One, it's like $270 million or something is what a venue pays Formula One to come. And the only thing that the venue can keep are ticket sales, gate receipts, even like paddock club passes a large majority of those sales go directly to F1 as like a management team. So it's really hard for a track like Coda to make money. So I think that from an economic standpoint, um, street racing is becoming more popular. Like I looked up the numbers, it costs $40 million to build Miami because they use some existing infrastructure to do it, right? It costs $400 million to build Coda. So especially with Miami have, having a more expensive ticket price than Coda, they're going to meet their bottom line much quicker. Like that, that venue is sustainable much quicker. Now keep in mind, a, a venue like Coda has big shows year round. Like Austin FC is a soccer team. They play there. Uh, they do track days. So they have some other sources of income, but it, it doesn't hold a, a stick to what they make on a three-day weekend during um, Formula One. They have MotoGP, but even that doesn't, touch their formula one numbers so but yeah like i mean it's it's a tenth of the price to put on the miami gp including the the price to build it so yeah like they'll i don't i wouldn't be surprised if we see this happen in in a lot of major cities across the u.s over the next 10 years yeah and it's a shame especially in in coda circuit of the america's uh point is it's not even 10 minutes away from the Austin airport. You can grab an Uber and go to Coda and it'll cost you about 20, 25 bucks unless there's a lot of traffic. I mean, Coda's in the perfect spot, but we're, we're the ones in the bad spot because 
street circuits like this are popping up and then we're getting these other uh, venues here. And Coda is still the cheapest uh, track to go to for Formula One. That's the messed up part. A GA ticket right now is like 300 bucks. Yeah, it depends where you look. But it, you're right. In, in the US, Coda is by far the cheapest ticket. Yeah. They're still ridiculous ticket prices, but it is the cheapest. And the most expensive to build. So it's hard. I, yeah, I was looking at some stats. Apparently, they hardly break even. Like a lot of these tracks that host Formula One, they hardly break even. It's tough. Even a lot of the hospitality and drink sales and merch and all of that goes back to the the management company, which is ultimately Formula One. Yep. So yeah, anyway, I know for a while there, Coda was having issues just keeping car the go karts going. That's on site because <laughs> that very instant. Yeah, it's three hundred and seventy five acres. Anyway, uh, to finish up IndyCar, uh, we had a real good battle of the whole race with Polo and Will Power. Will Power had a really good strategy to get him up front. Uh, he just wasn't able to hold it off at the end, and Polo took the victory at Detroit. So, but besides that, that's pretty much everything for IndyCar at Detroit. And they're on to Road America next in. Two or three weeks from now. I like that track. I love that track. It's a bucket list track. Oh, me too. Not a big fan. Uh, they, they shoot me in the, you know, shoot Sorry, me in the pooper, man. Some people aren't, but I like it. I think I like the point and shoot nature of it. And then it kind of involves, it's, it's a track of two faces. Like the first couple sectors are real like point shoot 90 degree break zones. And then the last part of the track's real flowy. And uh, I love it. I think it's cool. Keeps me on my toes. I feel I'm like a fan it's a, of the track too. I feel like it has really good flow. A lot of tracks don't these days. Yeah, makes sense. Well, looking forward to it up there in, in big Elkhart Lake. Yeah, Wisconsin. That's where it's at. I'm just trying to remember is from that, what it is. That where it's at? What it says on the iRacing thing at the bottom where it's loading. That's where <laughs> I get 90% of my racing facts. <laughs> the, the loading screen on iRacing yeah it's like oh it's a 4.82 mile whatever like yeah that checks out no need to fact check Thanks, I believe I that if they're right I'm right gets majority of it from gets majority of it from uh, F1 2022 loading screen yeah F1 2022 you, loading screen did you know that Monza is in Italy yeah, like, <laughs> speaking of uh, tracks that flow I always thought uh, well, Barcelona without the chicane F I Ooh. know right we did it um uh, I'm not, I'm not going to brag or anything, we did but it. we did it in League Zero, like, what, three seasons ago? Yeah. Four seasons ago? We did it. Okay, bro. We did it two seasons ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, All right. wait, was it two seasons ago? Because I think I raced. I haven't raced for a couple of seasons. Anyways. Well, we did it last season. This season, yeah. we didn't do it. So, we just did so without the chicane, so. it, it really does change the whole track in my mind. Like, it was, uh, it just gives it a different feel. I, I really hated that last bit of the, of the last sector. It was just horrible in the past so it was always just a wreck fest or somebody would lose it and have to bail out I don't know anyways this was a lot more fun seeing those guys come off that last quarter like during qualifying and stuff and they were like whipping it trying to keep it on the track and then Alonzo just said oh the heck with it I'm gonna leave during the race or during quality so um but yeah that's kind of where qualifying I don't know if y'all watch Q, uh any of y'all get to watch qualifying yes mm -hmm. the F1 race oh yeah so Q1 I don't know what was going on. There was like shenanigans right and left. There was a red for 
I mean, so there was three cars that went off track kind of at the same time, and so they went and threw a red, but I don't really... I don't know. I didn't think it was red. I needed a red. Albon was in the gravel, and he did bring some back on the track. I don't know if y'all guys seen any of that. or Formula One can't sweep. We already learned that. I don't know how. So was there just water running across the track there? Is that why people were spinning out? I, I didn't quite understand that either. I saw that everybody was losing it out of that... Uh, I don't even know what corner you want to call that. But down, you, you, everybody knows the corner. Yeah, the downhill left that they changed, what, four years ago or something, and kind of made it more sweeping. It, it wasn't like a lockdown corner anymore. It's a, I don't... I'm supposed to know it's this. It's after the backstretch. Yeah, after the backstretch, the second DRS zone. You're going down the hill and it's the left-hander. There was some water. It wasn't standing on the track, but the way I kind of got the feel and what I've read was that it was just kind of in the track. Like there was enough moisture there that when you tried to go back on power, you would spin. And uh, I kind of felt bad for debris. Oh, was it was it debris? Debris. Or was it? Yeah, <laughs> he gets on the radio. <laughs> he gets on the radio and he's like, ah! I don't know what's happening or something. I was just like, oh, I feel for the kid, you know? He was like, like what I've am I doing there. wrong in this corner? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what I I'm that's doing what he wrong. Because, I mean, he did. He completely spun out um, twice, like back to back. And I, I've i been there. You know, you try to take a corner. You're like, all right, I'm just going to back up a little bit. I'm not going to do the same thing. And he, anyways, I noticed the third time he went through there, he just upshifted. I don't know if he figured it out or somebody told him, but they went on, on – uh, on the in-car cam with him and kind of listened for a minute and you could tell he had upshifted and uh which you know lowers your torque and all that good stuff but anyways it's a good way to get out of it but it was just kind of funny that he kept spinning <laughs> spinning out um besides that uh i i think the the biggest story of qualifying for me was that uh perez you know this just had a real real crap um qualifying i don't he just couldn't get what he needed out of the car um a couple guys did that this week, honestly, that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Man, I'm what skipping. about Leclerc? Yeah. Yeah. But what yeah. about Hulkenberg? Hulkenberg. Yeah, that was right up at the top, man. I mean, made me feel good about it. Um, that he's got, he, I'm not going to say about K-Mag, but he has one lap speed. We've seen it in practices. We've seen it in qualities. He could put it together sometimes, but I don't, I wish they could get more consistent with that time. I don't know what's going on with, with Haas, but uh, um, anyways, it, you know. It's just it as is. painful being a Haas F1 fan as a ha Stuart Haas fan right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got a question. Okay. Because I didn't catch qualifying, but what happened between Hamilton and Russell? Yeah, so there was some contact. Um, there was some contact with Hamilton and Russell. Uh, they were both going for a hot lap. Hamilton was coming off one. But the tires and the way the track was setting up, you could you could make multiple runs, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way the track's set up. Because usually they have to recharge their batteries, but I don't know. Maybe the track's set up where you can do that down the front straight. You know, I don't know. Anyways, Hamilton was going to go for another hot lap. Russell was going on to a hot lap. Um, from my point of view, and like I said, foreshadowing to the future, Russell was very elbows out this weekend. And I think he saw Hamilton in the in the rear view. He swears he didn't know. He he came over the radio and said, "You guys got to let me know when there's a car behind me." But there's a lot of telemetry. You're going into the first corner. Maybe he's. I mean, a lot of them guys mess with their dials on, on the uh, steering wheel. Maybe he was trying to set something up just perfect to get his lap started. But anyways, he did. He Hamilton went to the outside. He actually they touched. Um, no no nothing damage in the car or anything. But they did touch, and then uh, Hamilton went off the grass, backed out. Russell went on through his uh, qualifying lap. But 
I don't, yeah, like I said, Russell was really elbows out. Um, he got in, got into it, I guess. Anyways, we'll finish up quality, which just to say, Max, I mean, come on, right? Dude's, he's a robot. I mean, I just don't know. This guy, man. I don't know where he finds it. It's like, 113s? Nah, we're going to touch it in the 112s. 112s, we're going to go in low 112s. How about that, you know? He's insane. Ah, anyways. And then signs, right? My boy signs. Front row. I love it. Gave me, gave, gave Ferrari a little bit of breath since Leclerc had, you know, a bad one. And then Norris. I know. Huge. McLaren. Huge. Yeah, where did they come from, dude? I was watching qualifying and I was like, dude, Lando freaking Norris is in P3 right now for like for quality. And then, of course, he, he ruins it on lap one, but the typical McLaren well, fashion. Yeah, but still. Yeah. And then, of course, Gasly. I don't know how many, three, four, ten drivers. I don't know. He was, he was just impeding everyone on track. He actually got a uh, penalty for it um, for qualifying. But it's like, dude, it's just like rear views, rip them off. I don't need to look behind me. Uh, team. Eating ice cream. I don't know. Not letting know where anybody's at because he was <laughs> just like, cream. oh, you're going on a hot lap? Not now. Like, <laughs> he was just constantly pulling in front of people and stopping. But anyways, that was pretty wasn't much he, wasn't he getting? Hold on. Wasn't he like really close for the incident limit too a while back? Or not incident limit, sorry. <laughs> the license point limit. He's got to be close again. Yeah. So I don't think that's a license point possibly. I'll have to look. But I don't think that was a license point. Um, I don't think they gave him a license point on that. I think that's more of like contact oh, penalty but, penalty points they call it, don't they? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, call yeah. license points. Yeah, we call it license points. <laughs> penalty points. Yeah, yeah. I anyways. So that I mean, qualifying course it all ended up there was some crazy stuff with Ferrari going second with signs instead of Leclerc. I mean it, signs just hadn't had as good as a season. I think he's had his chances, but just like Leclerc, he either figures out how to screw it up, Ferrari figures out how to screw it up. I mean, they just cannot put it together. Once they do, I think they'll be decent. But um, Mercedes showed speed big time. Um, yeah, they did, man. Side pods have worked. Yep. So um, the race went on about, you know, the way it goes. Took off. Um, Max has had pr- trouble getting off the line sometimes. It was no trouble for him. He took off and never really looked back. Norris and Hamilton, first corner. I just... There was no race control penalty. I don't know what y'all's thoughts are on it. I thought it was, I thought there should have been something there, but you think so? I thought it was a racing incident. To be honest with really? you, really, I think he, he had his wing in there just enough to like that he couldn't go anywhere. But at the same time, like Lewis didn't have to like leave room. But I don't, I, I don't know. I think he was just turning to make the corner. Like I don't know if it was really intentional. It's hard to say. To be completely honest with you, it's it's one of those things that like. It's so minor, but I had such a major role on one driver's race. So I don't know. It, it uh, to me, it I guess swayed more racing incident than anything. But maybe I'll watch it again real quick. Yeah, there were a couple of questionable stuff going on. Like uh, for example, uh, Yuki Sonoda getting a five second time penalty, not even touching uh, Joe uh, coming through. What was it turn two? I think it was or turn one or turn two. Someone that turn area. one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and the. The bad part about it, I trash on McLaren. I got to eat some crow. They have found some pace, and it really, for me, it was hard to watch Lando doing that good in qualifying, and then something happened with that car more than a front wing. You know what I mean? It just never came back around. Like, every time I looked at the bottom of the list, I was like, oh, he's up a couple places, and then I'd look back down, and he's down at the bottom again. Um, Something else happened. Yeah, I feel that, that. dude, because I picked him in my freaking pool, because I was like, 
Oh yeah, yeah I got to use a new driver, and then oh, Lando Norris, the brood just front wing the first round. Yeah, I'm like, I love it. But yeah, uh, that was the no, only I reason just, I was happy about it. Honestly, I, I just watched watch it again, twice. and uh, I, I'm still with the racing incident thing. It kind of looked like one of those situations where Lando got like all of a sudden this massive speed boost on the inside line, riding the like the curb, and he was taking the shorter line around. And Lewis was just going for like an overtake on signs. And they kind of just like happened to get there at the same time. I don't know. To me, it kind of looks like a racing incident, but it was really unfortunate for, for uh, Lando. But did we, uh, where did Perez end up making it up to? He ended up getting to fourth. I was going to say the only car on the grid that was good, that was at the back of the field that actually made it back up passing people was, was Perez. I thought it was really weird that Leclerc didn't really move. And so neither did, um, did Lando. That was weird. I don't know if something else broke on that. I thought it was just the wing, but yeah, something had to have happened. Um, it wasn't, you know, like, uh, I think it was four or five races ago. They were having hydraulic pressure problems and he was having to keep coming in and keep coming in and he'd go and pass a few people and then he'd come back and they'd have to, anyways, it was like, I don't know if it's a pneumatic or, or hydraulic pressure, but anyways, they kept having to replug it in. So it wasn't that I was watching him. There was no more pit stops than anybody else really. Um, he just. Unfortunately, there's something wrong with the car. So I'm hoping that speed keeps for them clearing because the more people we get towards the front, the the more the racing. There was a lot of passing in this race. I just didn't feel like it was exciting passing. Like it was, oh, somebody for 14th, you know, and there's three guys racing for, you know, 12, like, you know, 12th to 14th, 15th. I was, I don't know. It just didn't ever seem like any of it was real good. I, I, th- I think um it's honestly kind of, it, it's kind of weird. Like this season, as much as there is some on track action, it's like the top four are so different. Like Mercedes, we wanted them to progress, but they almost progressed and then Aston Martin fell off. So it's just like nobody's really racing each other. Like if you look at the standings now, like unless somebody makes a drastic move, like I feel like they're just going to finish the way they are. Like Ferrari, what was it? Not, was it Ferrari and Aston Martin that were a point away? No, no, it was, it was Mercedes and Aston Martin were a point away from each other before this race now mercedes it's swayed hugely their direction from the second and third but it's just like one of those things where i don't think anybody's gonna catch red bull but we almost need these like next three teams to like kind of catch each other like ferrari keeps sucking or having issues and then aston martin weirdly fell off this race i don't know if that's a one-off thing or if they went backwards on the upgrade or who knows what happened to them and then Mercedes now got better, so it's just like now nobody's racing each other. There's nothing on the line anymore. You know what I mean? And it's it's even like that in the driver standings. I mean, let's let's take a quick look here at the standings. Like realistically, like is anybody doing anything? Like let's see here. So driver standings, we got like who's even close? Like realistically, that matters. The top five, top six, like nobody's close. They're all like almost ten points away from each other. And then we go look at the team standings and it's just like, nobody's even really close. <laughs> like it's kind of, I mean, I guess you could say Mercedes, Aston Martin and Ferrari are still close, but you'd almost need like, I don't know, something to happen to a team or someone needs to make a crazy difference. It's just a boring season. I mean, I know they happen. We can't be too mad about it, but I just, it's, it kind of sucks. You know, after all what's happened in the last few years, it's just like, damn, this season kind of sucks. Yeah. I, I think Aston and Alonso was a one-off. Stroll actually did do better. He he had a pretty strong race for as far as he's been doing. Uh, I don't something I think must have been going on with Alonso. She never really had pace speed. I know they got uh, some floor damage um, in qualifying, and they kept trying to fix it. I don't know. You would think. I mean, we've seen them repair a bunch of stuff. 
from quality to race in like uh, the carbon fiber or, you know, whatever they need to do underneath cars. They've, they've done a lot of work to them before. But I, I think that's a one-off. So I, I, what I'm trying to spit out is I think Merck and Aston Martin, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not right here, but it almost seems like Ferrari's going to be the one that's kind of got a foot outside that circle that you're wanting. It looks like McLaren's kind of punching above their weight class. So there's going to be a little bit of McLaren, Alpha, uh, Tari fighting, but I think it'll be like Mercedes versus Aston Martin. I don't know if that's right or not, but or Mercedes, I, I was completely wrong. Last episode, I said that it wouldn't make a big difference. Well, it did. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Antonio. I'm not sure what's going on, but we now we're starting to see division in a way that none of us would have bet on two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Like, but the same, I mean, I, I well, let me rephrase that. I thought we were going to see this same outcome, but Austin Martin be in the place that Mer- Mercedes is now. But it looks like we're still cut out for a boring season. It's so boring that the drivers are getting bored. Like, Levi, the, it, I know you were going to talk about it. Old Max there at the end of the race um, asking his crew chief again, what's the fastest lap? Even though you, he had a black and white flag. <laughs> mm, yeah, don't even get me started because, you know, my wife's a Max fan. I'm a Red Bull fan because my boy Danny's there. I'm, I'm, man, I just don't get it with Max. He's got the top car. He's on the top team. Everything is just coming up roses for this man. And he is, he had a black and white flag for, uh, track uh limitation. Limits. Yeah, track limits. And he still asked, what's, what's the, high, you know, the top, top time? What was his fastest time? Cause he can see who's got the hot lap. And then Horner comes back and his words are to Max is yours was like a 117 whatever, but I'm going to let you know, you know, you do have a black and white flag and you have it by 18 seconds or something like, you know, just win the race. He literally told him, don't do it. And then he comes out and hits the, you know, hottest lap and he's like, okay, do you think you can keep it between the white lines now? Is what Horner said to Max over the radio. Max is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his answer. It's like, they both know that they're just, you know all over each other and they just I don't get that you're gonna try to get one point and and sacrifice 25 now his his mindset must be that even if I don't win this race I'm still gonna figure out that I I can win the championship even I tank this car or go off track you know and get a penalty is that his thought process does he not care I don't know I I just don't so I got two thoughts on that one for you Go for it. One, Sebastian Vettel, when he was racing for Red Bull, he actually got a bonus pay if he had fastest lap. Mm. So I'm curious if Max uh, has that in his contract. That's interesting. And then on top of that, he was also told that Perez did that time on soft tires with DRS. Had the fastest lap time. So I wonder if Max went, I bet. Yeah. I challenge accepted then. And and something that maybe kind of chipping that up my wife has noticed that and this may have nothing to do with it but she swears up and down that when his dad is there in the pits which he was um max's father was in the pits that it just always seems like he's more determined is a good way to put it because that's a nice way to put it um he's more of an asshole is what how i would put yeah. it um and, and i'm sure that's just for them pushing since he was like you know out of the womb you know oh yeah need to be faster he probably should have came out of the womb faster if it's that was Max. Faster, Max. <laughs> I just got to say on that whole situation, this kind of gets ticks a nerve with me. I, Murphy's Law follows me around. Like 
anytime I try to get anything extra out of anything, shit just breaks. And so when you just watch this guy, it's like you have everything you need to finish the race. And he's like, nope, I'm going to go drop the fastest lap. I'm like, dude, stop. Like, it's going to hit the fan and it's going all over the room. And I'm just, I'm actually waiting for that day. I don't know if it'll happen. The dude's that good, unfortunately. Because I'm like you. I would love for it to happen just to say, ha ha. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I feel all the time, you know? <laughs> but I don't know if it will. Um, man, he's just, like I said, he's a robot. Um, I don't know when we start asking, you know, I guess he's got to win at least what, three more championships, four more championships. And we start that talk of, is he up there with the greatest? I don't think he's there yet by any means, but we'll see the car change in 2026 big time. We'll see if he can still perform. We know he did in the old car. He's the only one that really, really put it on, um, Hamilton in the old cars, uh, the last last gen cars besides Rosberg, we was in the same car. But uh, yeah, yeah, robot man. Anyways, robot. But yeah, there was some a little after race stuff. It's not really big right now, but there has been some stuff said. I guess on that first lap, and I haven't seen a replay. I can't find one. If anybody else can find one, please let me know. But Russell apparently went off track and passed at least two to three cars. On the first lap, and there was no penalty for that. And uh, Ferrari and Horner now have voiced their frustrations um, on social media, saying that you know that that was not wasn't wasn't a cool thing. You know, not cool, bro. Not cool, bro. But they, uh, just wondering. I wonder if they emailed. They talked to Mister Wolf. They talked about it in the race. I never saw another replay of it after after it happened. But in the race, they came out and said that they could see he did not, he gained an advantage, but didn't pass a car. And the advantage was small and he was, he was, it was either he went off track or he caused a big wreck. So in the FIA's, I guessing head, they go, he did what he had to do and he gained a small advantage and didn't pass a car. Is my only I don't think Thought. anything's going to come from it, personally. I just don't know why we couldn't see it. I mean, F1's horrible about sometimes why there's some good race going on. They go back and watch some replay of some guy going off the track and then coming back on or something. Yeah, we like missed that, half but... the race watching the same replay over and over. Yeah, we didn't see this one. Last stroll at uh, Monaco last year. Yeah, right. You know, I'm just going to put my tin foil hat on, and it was probably because it was Merck, right. you know? That's they didn't want to go back and look at Russell because then, you know, anyways. But, uh... Because he's British. I said it. Yeah, I, and I'm feeling a little bit, and I don't know if anybody else agrees, but I'm feeling a little bit of Russell really pushing a little too hard, like he's really trying to let everyone know that he's better than Hamilton at this point, but when really they just got their speed and he just needs to find out where he fits. I think for Russell, and I would say he doesn't want to fall into the Botas category. He's making sure that I'm here and I'm not I'm not gonna be a wingman. I'm here to run my race. I'm a um uh, Rossberg. I'm a big boy. And yeah. And I kinda say That's how it that's how it comes off. <laughs> I agree with that, but at the same time it's like Hamilton what, Hamilton's two years from retirement, three years from retirement at the most? Dude, just let him finish his his 
career and then just take it all over. It's yours. He'll pass the crown on to you. Nah, to hell with that. Yeah. Step one, cutthroat. Yeah. I got to go. Get out of my way. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, and then, and then at the end of that race, Alonzo finally got his stuff together enough to catch Stroll. And uh, it was a big deal to me because I know Alonzo. I followed him, and I'm sure you guys have too. Um, he, he uh, before he even caught him, he's like a second and a half back, and he told him, tell Stroll, tell Lance not to worry about it. I'm not going to pass. I'm just trying to make sure just in case there's rain or, or whatever, you know, uh, giving a little bit of gap behind the guys, I won't pass him, which is not Alonzo. There was like 10, 12 laps left when he said that. But for him to say something like that, I think it's it it's they said it you know on the on the radio. Somebody said so. Anyways, it's his it's his last team, you know. Yeah. And probably in F one. I think he's trying to be real nice. He knows who owns the team. Um, he knows where That's Lance right. is probably going to fall. He's been if doing he, this if he a can long start performing. time. He's been doing this a long time. Yeah. So he's playing the game a little bit there. What's one position? Team gets points, blah, blah, blah. But Stroll had a really good outing. I think Alonzo will come back. But we will find out the Canadian Grand Prix, what, two, three weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, up there in the uh, up there in the north. In the north. Where Antonio the great from. north. The north remembers. Oh, Canada. All right, anyways, that's enough of that. I, I yeah, like but yeah, I like <laughs> Montreal. Uh, well, I've never been to the town, but I like the track. Track's cool. I like the track. Yeah. Yeah, the track's always a good time. Good, good stuff. We'll see, man. It's kind of fun to see Mercedes punching up there. So I'm hoping, like Antonio, to Antonio's point, I'm hoping we can have a big fight for that second place manufacturer. Guess we'll have to find out. Maybe we'll see multiple champions in the wall of champions. I've been there. Me too. I've been there too. A lot. But I'm not. I'm not a champion though. So no, I don't know if that no, counts. me neither. But virtually, <laughs> I have died There's multiple only times two there. Champions in F1 right now. No, there's not. No, three, three, three. Alonzo. I How think. could you forget totally. Fernando Alonso? It's been so long. Wasn't that your era, too? I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, embarrassing. So we only have three champions in F1 right now. He's even raced Lamar. Uh, and IndyCar. Oh, what does the weather oh. look like for this weekend for Formula One? Formula One, we're not racing this weekend. Two weeks. So. Yeah. Yeah. Next weekend. I don't know. I, can <laughs> is, we predict it that far? Is our technology that good? Someone asked Chad GPT. They it's try Canada. to, but it doesn't work. Well, uh, I, messed, I messed up my segue. I was going to ask you guys about it. It'll be sunny. <laughs> oh, well. No. It'll be a bombing 68 degrees, sunny with partly cloudy skies. Chance, hey, chance hey, of snow. Hey, we use Celsius here. <laughs> yeah, Figure right. it out. Yeah, it's going to be 60 degrees Celsius. Convert yeah. it. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is it? Who knows? I don't know. We don't use them freedom units. We use them freezing units. <laughs> this is a freedom podcast, though. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, 68 the, Fahrenheit Celsius. Do you think the oh, 20 degrees? Do you think the Do you think the What are the chances that actually perfectly converted? Anyways, sorry about <laughs> that. Do you think the Garage 56 NASCAR entry has like a speedometer like normal cars do in the U.S. like with the miles per hour and then the kilometers per hour under it still like as a little fu? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they yes. don't have a speedometer still just as an extra like huh. Yeah. Oh, we kept the we kept the KPH under under the miles per hour. You know. You know how we do I it. don't know, man. That car sounds nasty though. It does. Yeah, that V eight is grumbly. Yeah, I was watching a video where it was the Cadillac and the stock car going past each other and like two distinctly different noises. I'm just in there going, Yeah. Oh, and then beautiful. The yeah, I'm like, all right. 
I will tell <laughs> y'all this. I watched the Cadillac video. Dude, the Cadillac around every single car just muffles them out. It's just Cadillac. <laughs> Only Cadillac you can hear. That's the most American thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, an, like an American in love... a French coffee shop. <laughs> I would love for there to be a shot on the Molson Street of the Cadillac going, then the Corvette going, and the stock car just in tow, just to get those three sounds just back-to-back -back freedom. America. America. I was thinking about this because I was watching the video of the stock car. Dude, that car is massive compared to every other car on that track. Think yeah. about the hole that it's punching down the Mazan straight. What cars are going to gain that advantage? Like, oh, hey, the stock car's in front of me. I'm just going to hang out behind him because I'm going to get a massive fold out the straightaway. And I'm also happy that they didn't just show up and flop. Like, they've actually got decent speed. Um, they're not going to... Yeah, in testing. In testing. But, hey, if it can make it Longer than four hours, which is like your average NASCAR race. Yeah. We'll be impressed. I'll be excited. Yeah, For, yeah, yeah. So I did a little bit of research prior to coming on here. I found out that they're using the exact same motor they are now, just with a couple of mild tweaks to make some components last a little longer. And every third to fourth pit stop, they're going to have to add oil to the engine because it's just eating oil. Love That's going to be fun America. to watch. Yeah. What are they doing over there? They working on the engine now. They're <laughs> topping off that old book. Let's go. If we can't leave our footprint on the track, we'll leave it on the ozone. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love how they could have put a door on the car also. That's legal. Yeah, but they did the door, not. But, but they didn't. They didn't. And then Lamar <laughs> and the FIA were actually encouraging live NASCAR pit stops. I'm like, I right, cool. If we're we're going to have one crew doing a NASCAR live pit stop and everyone else doing standard. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Everybody's standing around eating ice cream. What the hell are those guys doing <laughs> down there? Crackheads. Uh, yeah. So, I'm excited uh, mm -hmm. for this, but I think to really kick off the preview for Le Mans, Dave, you got us some history? It's funny you ask, because I had it pulled up already. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, anyway, uh, history of Le Mans. Um, it's a long one, so I'm going to spare us a lot of it, but in in summary, when we talked about the history of Indy, I mentioned Le Mans, a really old race. Uh, it's been around since 1923 was the first running of Le Mans. Um, and of course, it was run on the just streets of um, La Sarthe. I mean, it was uh, the original Circuit de La Sarthe was just public roads. Um, and then there was there was a permanent racetrack section, but it was pretty rough. It was uh, 10.7 miles total. I'm going to give up it in freedom units, by the way. Sorry. Um, and it had it was it was chaotic, but it is what we know as like the beginning history of chaotic Lama. But then the really what you see like a lot of the um, historical footage, like the black and white footage, was known as the Bugatti circuit the Lamaze Bugatti circuit layout, and that was shorter. That's really close to what we know today. It was 4.4 miles, um, and it played home to uh, the circuit from 1932 to 1967. During that time, we saw one of the largest, well, it's the largest motorsport disaster in history um, in 1955, known as the 1955 Le Mans disaster. There's some wonderful short films out on YouTube and documentaries on this, Warning, it was a very gory event. 83 spectators died. Um, 
when the Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR uh, collided with the Austin Healey and sent the car into the main grandstands. And um, like I said, there is actual footage of this happening. And uh, so don't show your kids, but for racing history and racing safety history's sake, it's worth a watch because it really does show you how crazy unsafe racing used to be compared to today. Um, not the only problems we've seen. Of course, we've seen some um, pretty crazy aerodynamic problems like with um, old uh, Aussie Mark, uh, Mark Weber. And then we saw uh, Alan Simonson pass away in 2013. But since... We haven't seen any crazy uh, disasters at Le Mans, which is good. Um, we started racing at the current circuit in 1968. We've kind of been, we've, there's been some slight little amendments, but for the most part, the layout has stayed the same since 1968 till today. Um, and of course, we run multiple car classes there. There is some experimental categories and like subcategories, like we see this uh, Garage 56 entry in, but for the most part, you have your prototypes and GTs. Um, and if you didn't know that, that's just a little context for everyone. It's going to be an awesome race. It does run a full 24 hours. Uh, also, fun fact, we did see a small break in this race from 1940 to 1948 because of World War II. Um, and again, yeah, I know. Dang it. Wars <laughs> and, uh, circuit de la Sartho was transformed into an air airfield for military purposes. And, um, I think it was used for some other like field hospital type stuff. But, uh, afterwards the race resumed in 1949. And that's when we really saw the big boom of popularity because it was a post-war in Europe kind of, you know, it, it was, people were looking for something to be excited about and, uh, for a lot of people, the 24 hours of Le Mans filled that hole and still does to this day. So anyway, brief history of Le Mans, very cool track. Um, like it still runs on some public roads that are slightly altered for the race. They've added some chicanes to the Mulsanne Strait because it was so crazy long back in the day. Um, and they've added some other little elements to slow down the track, but it is still ran on crowned roads which is crazy to me. Um, we the it, And at night with no lights. So really it does scratch the itch. I mean, this race is the real deal. Um, so anyway, looking forward to it, man. Um, looking forward to seeing the Stars and Stripes flying. So interesting fact on the um, massacre at Le Mans. That Mercedes, that one of the thing, pulled Mercedes actually out of motorsports for a long time. And their return to Le Mans, I don't know what year it was exactly, but they built a car that was extremely dominant and would run 240-something miles an hour down the Mazan straight. Yeah. And it dominated the race. After that year, Le Mans put in the two chicanes down the Mazan straight. To slow the cars down. So, I mean, I guess that's fast. <laughs> yeah, and if you've ever run this on a sim like iRacing, it's the the track still is insane a little bit. Like, 
racing here for 20 it's it's special it's not i mean it's not bad it's wonderful it is a street circuit we were talking about street circuits earlier like this is a street circuit that is absolutely world class but it is a little crazy it it tests all aspects of the car it's the only track that i know of spa is kind of there but this one truly tests you've got to have speed aerodynamics handling and there's actually sections on this track, which is awesome, named for cars because that's what they do. Or that's what they, we need to slow this car down and make it actually have a challenge. So we're just going to make this part of the track. So you got the Porsche curves, which is because the Porsches can dominate, they handle. The Ford chicanes to try to slow the GTs down back in the 60s. Or, uh, the uh, Corvette curves just after Porsche before Ford. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. America. <laughs> Again, <laughs> shameless plug. We had to take two yeah, sections no. of the track. Hey, slow down, guys. <laughs> take it easy. Yeah. Uh, and that's how Ford won um, in the 60s was because of the because of the straight line speed down the Mazan Straits. They were 10, 15 miles an hour faster than the Ferraris down that road. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then they mastered the brake change. So they didn't have to worry about saving the brakes. They could just blow them up, change them. Who mm -hmm. cares? Mm -hmm. America. And now it's a standard fixture in any long distance endurance race. Quick swap yeah. brakes, done. Yeah. It's so much fun to watch. And I love that they still, because it's such an extended race and there's so much content to be viewed, we get some love from the pits and we do get to see those brake changes and stuff periodically throughout the race. If you're a nerd and watch the whole thing, which I, I don't, but I try to, <laughs> but it's so cool, man. Um, it's an environment I'd love to experience one day. And for all our American listeners out there, I'm talking about coverage. If you are, um, part of the motor trend network, if you pay the extra for, motor trend on their website you get all types of extra access to the race um you get race control you get onboard cameras um live radio feeds and stuff like that through their website which is really cool to listen to and correct Canada as well is included in that we're never included so take it all you can yeah right Correct me if I'm extra extra get your <laughs> get your Canadian coverage correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong guys but don't they have a discord server too Yes, that's that's their race control communications to the teams is through Discord. That's killer. So if you're watching like Motor Trend, you have the race control pulled up. It'll say like so. Say for the uh, Corvette car thirty three, it'll say car thirty three. Please report to Discord server number two. Tight. <laughs> it's like wait what? And that's Antonio in there waiting for you. I <laughs> <laughs> knew it. It always happens to me. Uh, uh, that's so cool so, I'm pumped oh it's it's great Um, I guess to get on to a little bit more about this year's race and stuff will be the first year I would say Toyota is going to be challenged in the hypercar class as Cadillac Ferrari Porsche Peugeot which Peugeot was there last year but they were just really there for testing um Glickenhouse was there last year, but they're now they're back and they're they're kind of raring and tearing and ready to go. But 
Toyota's going to have some real competition this year in the hypercar class. That's awesome. About uh, time. I I don't see anything right now. Now in testing, Ferrari was the top dog in testing, but let's remember this is testing, not practice. Yeah, a lot so of sandbagging like, going on. Yeah, it's like watching the Daytona. Like the practices are when the Daytona 500 used to have speed weeks, like the ones way before they really were doing anything. It's like I don't, I don't know about this. Uh, so we might see something in there. Uh, we've got the, you know, talking about testing the GTE, uh, pro or GTE am class. They don't have a pro class anymore, which is terrible is actually the Hendrix Chevrolet NASCAR is running fourth fastest out of all those cars. They're not in that class, but it means they could, we could be seeing them be competitive in that class. They can't win it, but it would be cool to see them technically claim a podium for that class. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, anything that, like I said, one, let's make it to the end. Two, if we can be fast to make it to the end, I, I'm all about it anyways. I'm probably going to start buying up some swag pretty soon. I just love the whole atmosphere around it. But, I mean, yes, if you can keep up with somebody and technically, or I don't even care if it's technically win a class, then it, it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, and the other class is the LMP2 class. Uh, I don't know very much about them. You know, last year, I know their race came down to last couple of laps. Um, or last lap, pretty much. I think it was a really close and when you talk about close over a 24-hour period, you're talking there's multiple cars on the same lap to end the race. Uh, so, which we, which I, I think you touched on, you know, we were just kind of hoping that if, if there's two or three cars within the same, if they could be even on the same lap, that's amazing at the end. But if they could be with, like, even within a couple of laps, I mean... Because something bad happens at the end that you need to change a battery or some weird crap goes on. That's a couple of laps at Lamar. You know what I mean? Um, where it's still close, in quotes, right? In quotes, close. Yeah. In 2018, Toyota dominated the whole race. Oh, their first, one of their cars went out early. Their other car, the eight car, ran wonderful. And coming, I think they were coming to take the white flag or the two to go. And out of the Porsche curves, they broke down, and Porsche won 2018 Le Mans because of that. Dang it. And Porsche so will never it, let them forget it. No. <laughs> Toyota liability, folks. Yeah. And Porsche is the most dominant car of all, all manufacturers of Le Mans. They have more victories than any other manufacturer. So we expect them... I think if I had to choose one car to take it to Toyota this weekend, I would say Porsche. Um, everyone knows who listens to this podcast. I really, my heart really wants Cadillac to take it to them. Uh, but that's just me and my red, white, and blue blood that I bleed. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're there yet, you know, um, hoping they get there. 
I will say on this topic, the Americas have the best sounding cars on the track right now. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, you got the Garage 56 and then you got the um, Caddies. It's just good stuff, Corvettes. I think Jensen Anyways. Button should sell his passport because someone would buy it and buy a leather jacket and slick his hat, that hair back like John Travolta Volta, and just go full American already. Dude looks good. He's got a house in LA. He's driving a Camaro at Lamar. Like, just come over here, bro. Just be one of us now. I love Jensen. I've been, watch- I've been watching some of the videos, um, and we'll get Caboose on in on this too, but every time in testing one of the American cars, the Cadillac, the Corvette, or the uh, NASCAR came by, you couldn't hear any other car except them mm-hmm. on track. <laughs> I love it. You got any thoughts on this, Caboose? Oh, I'm, all I know is that uh, we Americans are ready to go out there and go kick some butt, yes, sir. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. I, it, it even if Toyota ends up being the ultimate car, I feel like everybody else that's gonna be behind them are gonna be pretty close in competition. So I'm I'm expecting some good close racing, and uh, hopefully we can get that throughout the entire field. Yeah, I think. That's pretty much it for the actual 24. Now, I, a little birdie told me that there was a rough virtual 24 this weekend for our boy Caboose. I'd like to hear more on that. Yeah, so uh, this previous weekend uh, was the Majors 24, which is now the steeple, staple, whatever you want to call it, uh, 24-hour Lamar race for iRacing because due to some stuff with motorsport games, iRacing cannot officially put up their own 24 hours of Le Mans on their service. So majors, they've been doing it for years. Now they're the head guys to do this. Uh, this year it was a $40 entry fee. Uh, you had to have minimum of three drivers, maximum of eight. And it's a huge buildup. I myself have been practicing for months leading up to the race because Le Mans is undoubtedly my favorite track. And those of you who know iRacing, you got an I rating. My road I rating is about 900, which isn't very good. But you put me at Le Mans, I'm keeping up with 2,500K I rating drivers, which is substantial. So I've been practicing for that race for a while. Uh, then my teammates decided we're going to switch to the LMDH. We're switching to the BMW. And I'm sitting there going, what? And so I had to pivot because I did all my testing privately. Yeah. Trying to get set up. And so we pivoted three weeks out from the event and I got back on base with the guys and was doing all right. Come race day, we ended up in split eight. We should have been in seven, but we ended up in eight. Uh, we self shunted on lap one. Good. How many splits were there? Uh, I, I know there was more than 12 if I recall correctly. Okay. So we were in the bottom half, but not bottom, bottom. Uh, Can you explain to our viewers, uh, I know you explained it to me, but how do the splits for the Major 24 work? Because I know it's different than how iRacing actually splits everyone. Yeah, so just to put in contrast, uh, so iRacing, when you sign up for an event, it takes all your teammates' iRating, their their speed rating, if you will, for that track, for uh, for racing on road courses, and puts it as a culmination and puts you into a split. 
The problem with that is people can sandbag their I rating. The way majors does it is you pre-qualify. You have to go out there and run a four lap session. First session's free. After that, it's $3. And it is regulated in a sense that they will keep a hold of your times and they will compare it throughout the race. And if you're running, let's say a 340 in the BMW, which is not exactly great, uh, but not bad either. And then you go out there and you start knocking down 333s or something like that. They're actually going to regulate that and put you multiple laps down for the end of the race wow. for sandbagging. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's all about going out there and actually putting on a genuinely good performance. And what that ends up leading to on the most part is a really closely packed field, which is awesome. I'm glad they're doing that. That's why I pay. I Sometimes I ask myself, why do I pay $100 a year for this? Well, that's why. Right there. Exactly. Stuff like that. It's awesome. And the people to take the time out to actually put this event on. Like mm -hmm. you're talking about um, iRacing can't do it. So there's other individuals out there that's doing it. And news, I guess, I just found out this news. I think it's old news for some people. But we're getting news that now, I don't know the studio that's producing it, but they're in motorsports games is backing them, is building Le Mans Ultimate Game, which is supposed to be like a FIA WEC style game, but it's going to be named after Le Mans, is now going to be the virtual sim racing platform for the 24 hours of Le Mans from here on out. But again, it's supposed to release in December. We have Motorsports Games backing it. Yeah, which to me is about as good news as getting backed by Blockbuster right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we know Caboose is all on board with our Motorsports Gaming, you know? Yeah. yeah. I gave them a chance and they failed time and time again. So I've written them off now. Good for you. I think they're the worst thing to happen to virtual sim racing than anything that's ever happened to it. Mm -hmm. it, it it's definitely up there. Reach. Um, yeah, it's definitely up there. Before we um, jump off here, I know that um, me and you, Caboose, have a history at Le Mans. And I didn't know if you wanted to kind of touch on that history from three years ago. Yeah. Wow. Is it actually three years ago? Yes. Wow. It was while I was living in Texas. So, uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, we were setting up to go run iRacing's 24 hour of Le Mans. They still had it back then. Still had it back then. And they still ran the Ford GTE, which Norma here was dead hard set on that. Uh, and as we were approaching, it was that week, our teammates bailed on us and we kind of looked at each other and went, you still want to run it? Screw it. We're going to go run it. So we actually ended up running uh, the third place finisher for, I think it was this uh, 66 Le Mans, which was uh, Ronnie uh, Bucknam and uh, Dick Hitcherson uh, in the gold for GT. And so we signed up and it was just the two of us running Le Mans for the 24. And which, uh, yeah. By iRacing standards, you have to have two or more drivers for an endurance race. Yep. So we were legal to do this. Yep. 
And uh, Norman, you want to take uh, take up the story from here, and we'll just bounce back and forth. So, um, so we came up with a strategy, and the strategy was we were going to double stint the first four stints of the race, which so were I, just shy of two hours. Yeah, I was going to start. Caboose was going to get in the car. I was going to run. Caboose was going to get in the car. But we knew we had to have some type of downtime. Uh, so we had decided, no, I think we went six stints into the race before we so, decided. So we did two stints back and forth and then around time for us to go to sleep, we quad yeah. stinted each. Yeah. And we had all, we had both switched our time schedule onto the French schedule. Uh, so when the sim got dark was nighttime for us. And when the sun started to rise was coming daytime. So. When the sim was dark, we decided that I started it, I quad-stinted. While I was quad-stinting, Caboose had to go and leave his rig and go lay down on his bed and take a nap. <laughs> Which I actually did, like someone. <laughs> and then, it was my, when I got out of my quad-stint, I had to go lay down on my bed. Well, I was living in Texas at the time, and my computer and my rig was set up in my bedroom. So I could literally lay on the bed and still see what was happening in the race. And I could still, luckily, we had some great guys with us. Uh, some of the guys that were going to try to run it with us who decided not to, some of them stuck around and crew chief. So we had, I think we only had an hour and a half of just me and Caboose the whole by ourselves the whole race. We always uh, had someone end, else. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was... Um, Jason Brophy stayed with you for your quad stint. Yep. And I could hear them talking the whole time. Um, he, uh, he saved my bacon because when you're sleep deprived like that and you're in the car for four hours, that's a mind that you don't want to be in, especially mine. <laughs> so having having that guy there, having Jason, just it it, it was a uh, he saved my bacon. I will give him full credit on that. And, uh, Oh, you want to tell them who was in our split, quote-unquote, accidentally? I don't remember this one. Scott McLaughlin oh, was yeah. in our split. Ooh. I forgot and, about uh, that. I may or may not have flipped him off multiple times on stream because, uh, <laughs> why are you in bottom split, bro? <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. We were doing pretty damn well. Now, like he said, we were bottom split, but for a two-man team, we were... Coming after sunrise, we were, I think, sitting seventh and running fifth down. Yeah, and I think we started, um, what, back in, like, 25th or something like that? We started a decent oh, yeah. ways back. Oh, yeah. It it had been just a slow process of picking people off throughout the day. Um, And so we get there, and it's, I think we're running six at the time. I think it was the guy in seventh I was trying to pull on during pit cycle. And so yeah. I tried to I tried to put in the best freaking in lap that I've done. And throughout this race, there has been a fake yellow in Indianapolis at Le Mans yep. multiple times. And I had told Caboose this. I'm like, every time there's a yellow, there's nothing there when I come through the turn. Well 
I'm putting in, I'm coming into Indy, I get the yellow, and I just go, there's not in my head, I go, there's nothing here. Yeah. I come around Indy, the rear steps out on me, and I look up, and there's a car sitting in the middle of the track. No car there? The rear end steps out on me? I open the steering wheel, lift the throttle, bring the nose back around, go on to Arnage. Nothing wrong. But this time, I can't open the... I can't open the steering wheel back up because there's a car sitting in the middle of the track. So all I can do is lock the brakes down and slide into them sideways. Oh man. Yeah. And a little, little, little tap on the, what was it? The right rear. I think it was right where the radiator is. So I break, I get the car back around and I bring it in. I'm apologizing to him. He's like, do I take the optional or do I just take the required? Well, we, we take the uh, the required and leave the optional to go. Yeah, and I think we took like a minute of optional to quote unquote play it safe yeah. out of the four minutes of optional. Yeah, and I'm done. That was my last stint. So I say, hey, I'm gonna go lay down on the bed while you finish your last two hours out. You know, I'm still here, but you know, you've got this, bud. And. All I hear is cussing. What was it like? Lap two? Not even lap two. Uh, the s- second at a third portion of the Mulsanne straight, that engine decided it was done. And unfortunately, with the Ford GT, uh, there is no water gauge, oil gauge of any kind. And with modern iRacing, we actually have a digital dashboard we can pull up for that, which would have been really nice. But yeah, no. So we ended up popping the motor, chasing down fifth. Uh, and I pulled it into pits and I'm like, Norman, I'm, I'm done. I, we, we're going to be here for 45 minutes. We're done. It, yeah. That's a bummer. I guess well, that's, a, I guess that's immersion though, you know, to an well, extent. Actually we weren't done because I did the calculations <laughs> in my head and I said, fuck that. And I did the calculations that we were going to come out on the same lap ahead of 10th place. And I said, he said he's done. So I throw, I jumped back in the rig and I sat there for 45 minutes. They released me and I went out and I said, I'm not losing 10th. I, we finished 10th place at a two man, 24 hours and had 45 minutes of required repairs. And that is actually my best finish at Lamar to do this <laughs> to this date nice and that's nuts yeah sorry i will that's tell some crazy stuff boys all y'all this at the time when we finished i told myself i would never want to do that again but now i would do it in a heartbeat again with another driver i i think i would prepare myself a little bit better like now that i'm More working i would I would definitely take like Friday off um, just to like help get the the routine going and start that new sleep cycle. And yes, you do sleep all day Sunday. Like just go ahead and close your Sunday off because you're just going to sleep all day. Yeah, But it it is, it's fun. And I would say try to do it with like having a third person as a crew chief that can come in and help. Make sure you have some friends. Yeah, uh, for yes. real. <laughs> Which we know I don't. Chat with so. you. 
Well, yeah, we, we, we all leave friends. him, and when he goes racing, well, eventually, like, uh, we just like to hear him scream. Eventually, it'll all come together for you. I will tell right. you, in the fourth stint, in the middle of the night, going down the Malzahn Strait, you start seeing things. <laughs> Saw a ghost. Yeah, good. Saw a ghost. <laughs> Don't get me started again, bro. <laughs> it was... It was my sanity. It was a ghost. It's no longer here now. Uh, after doing this. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. But, so, crazy stuff, boys. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for lap 19 here tonight. We want to thank Caboose for coming on. Thank you, we, bro. We've got uh, in the works, it should be releasing in the next week, our special Deer Eye Racing for... Um, the new iRacing update. So we'll give you what's coming up in the new iRacing update and give you our thoughts and cry about what we wish we were seeing in iRacing. Yes. Which is going to be plenty. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. All right. Well, stay clear, ghosts. Careful. They're out there. Yeah. No ghosts. They're out on there. The, on the straits of, of, of the Lazard and in, and in Norman's closet. And enjoy the 24 hours of the Mons this weekend. Yeah. Norman, thank you for coming to another lap. Norman, look out behind you. Did you look? Yeah. Alright. That's funny. There's a scary ghost on the wall. It's a Shelby logo. <laughs>